Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Build Business Acumen podcast, where we deliver practical knowledge and powerful guidance. Here is your futuristic host, Nathaniel Skula. Here is a really interesting episode that I recorded with Gunilla Sheen. She's a Swedish-Australian business journalist, having worked for many magazines, daily papers, uh, radio and TV. And she's also the author of 23 books about SMEs within all areas, such as taxation, superannuation, startups, female entrepreneurs, and succession planning. She was the CEO of the oldest and most reputable publishing house in Scandinavia. I'm really pleased that you're here to uh, to join me today, Gunilla. It's uh, quite exciting, actually, because the topic of business acumen is just, it's just, it's so vast, isn't it? The, the, the scale of knowledge that one needs these days within the business world is just, it's, it's massive. And you know, I personally don't think that people can actually know about everything. I think that they, they can know enough to know where to find more resources. But business acumen, I mean, when I first went into business, um, I, I, I was wet behind the ears, like many people, you know, and had to learn so much that it was... It was it was tough, you know. I mean, oh, indeed. And people are asking me. It seems like you know when you hear the words, suddenly everybody are talking about it. And you know, half a year ago they weren't talking about it. Now everybody are talking about it. And people say, "What is that really?" And I'm thinking, "Holy cow! You are the business leader, and you are asking me about your business, what it is." And I have then just made it very simple when I'm talking to people that I'm saying that you can say that it is boils down to your business skills and your courage that you dare to make the decisions that uh, is necessary and not only today but every day and that you know what is going on in your organization and that you have the qualifications because you know it's no good has to have the courage and no knowledge that is a disaster that is a recipe for disaster because that is when you're doing all sorts of things but if you just have the business skills and you don't need dare to use it to make decisions so those two ingredients assess it all i think yeah i mean i think part of part of the meaning of of acumen it, it actually encompasses it encompasses the common sense Yes. Which, you know, I mean, I think there's a certain gut feeling that when you go into business, you're either going to you're going to either become massively successful very quickly or you're going to learn something very valuable for the future. So Mm. I don't I mean, I like the way that over in Silicon Valley, they actually don't see failure as as a 
a huge deal. Yeah. Um, you know, I was talking to talking to a, a, a contact of mine who's he's been kind enough to, to hop on a few interviews with me. And, you know, I can email him if I've got any any uh, sort of questions about investors and, and, you know, people are looking to raise money and stuff like that. He could point me in the right direction. But he he said on, on one of these podcasts, he said, look, you know, actually, without without failure there is no success i mean if you, if you look at if you look at children and you look at learning how to walk you know you when you were a child and you learned how to walk all right you might have you might have fallen over and cried a little bit but you carried on didn't you and you got up and you and you and you went and you moved forwards right and i am i have to say personally that i'm i mean for two reasons i am grateful for those times that i have failed and things because otherwise I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Because if I would have succeeded at everything, I would have just been happy and comfortable sitting where I was sitting and not make any movements. And um, well, that means that you, I mean, you can sit down and cry and do that for the rest of your life and say, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And now I'm just going to stick to what I do now. Or you can take new chances and then excel and challenge yourself to do that. So I, th I, I think it's really important because we have a tendency in this society that, no, you should never fail. You should just have success stories to share. Because that is a question I also get. What are your success stories? So far, no one is saying, what, are you, what have you failed at? <laughs> no one has really, no one has asked me that. Because I think that the misconception is that there is no interest in that. People are just interested to hear what you succeeded in. However, if you tell people your mistakes, they can think, oh, my God, I was about to make that. Now I better not. So I, I think that we should also be more open about that because we are not perfect and we do make mistakes. Um, I mean, that is, that is one thing because we're coming in, into business with it, with a, a certain idea and perception about things. And then reality, as it often is, turns out to be something else. Um, but um, I don't know, maybe you're going to talk about this. You have to stop me if I'm, if I'm going far too ahead. But what, what, what I'm thinking about uh, is that Today, uh, in so many businesses that I'm talking to, that I'm visiting, there is hardly any understanding or knowledge about uh, business coming in, in the businesses amongst the people who are employed. Because they are so specialized in yes. what they're doing. So they know this square and they know that very well. They know every concept within that square, but they have no idea how that square is actually linked to profit, to loss, to success, to competitors or anything like that. And the thing is that with, when that is happening, um, they then stay in their square and their jobs becomes a bit dull because they don't see the whole picture. They are not part of the picture. And I think that is the challenges for, for the modern business leaders right. that they need, really need to bring in all of their staff 
to the education, you know, and that's what we're trying to do with education to share, okay, what is, what are the drivers that we can use in our business for having a higher profit? What are they? Wow. I bet you, if you go out and talk to thousand people employed, even within Google, whatever, and ask, what are the drivers to make this company more profitable? How many of them would be able to answer? Yeah, very, very true. Very, very true. But also, it, if you ask, say you've got a smaller business of 100, 200 people, and you, you actually ask them, so what, what, what does the business do? Each one of those people is going to have a very different answer. And, and one of my, one of my, um, my coaches, mentors and, and partners, uh, he actually used to do a lot of workshops like that. And then at the end, he would pull all of those people together. So they have a very cohesive um, strategy to get everyone sort of working, working together, really. And I think it's, it's hugely interesting. I mean, my dad used to lecture at the London Polytechnic when uh, before it became the Guildhall University back in let me see that would be that would be the 80s so he came over from from America uh, about 50 years ago now and he he became Britain's leading business management expert back then because he he came over from the states and he yes. brought all this knowledge which which nowadays people still uh, attend, have a tendency to, to to not look internationally they look locally and and this is a major, major failing in, in, in education. But, you know, I mean, my, my grandfather, he was an entrepreneur as well. And at the age of, I think, 21, he was quite old when he finished his, his degree at MIT. And, but he worked, I think he worked two jobs. He worked in a butcher's shop, you know, and, and, and then he built a, a factory because he was an engineer, an industrial engineer. And my dad also went on to study industrial management uh, at MIT. And he's learning Tai Chi with me, 85 years old, yeah? You've, 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 you know, you've, you've spoken with him. And yes. you, you understand that he's a lifelong learner, right? And, and I find all of this so exciting. You know, because it's like it's kind of like my heritage on, on my dad's side and my mum's side, really, because they're they're entrepreneurial as well on, on that side of the family with massive breweries. It's uh, we had a brewery in the UK called Man's Brewery. And okay. that was that was my uh, that was my mum's side of the family dating back. I think that brewery started in around 1788 and it grew it grew to the largest uh, eighth largest brewery in the united kingdom it was it was big and in wow, those days yeah it was a big it was a big uh, big entity and then they merged and unfortunately uh they launched this product that that nobody liked um because they merged oh. with a company called watney man uh, that they became watney man and then they launched this it would have been a really good idea and it would have been an amazing product if the product was right and that's, um, that's the biggest you know, danger, isn't it, in business, that we don't listen to the customer. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, as you say, it doesn't matter what marketing you have, how skillful you are at your launch, your PR, whatever. If you are selling something crappy, then nothing can cover that up. That, that will always be the case, that it will be pretty obvious. However, if you manage to get everything right, that is when you flourish in your business. 
And that's when it's so exciting. When you get on the train, when you have all your staff on the train and everybody going in the right direction, and you can feel that energy, how that is really pushing through. Yeah, yeah. And you can also feel it in the other way when Mm -hmm. no one is engaging and everybody is in their square and doing their job that they really hate. Yeah, that's 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 a very difficult uh, scenario, really. And I mean, back 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 in the day, my dad, when he when he when he was teaching, he started a business when I was six years old. He built a uh, built a winery on top of my mum's vegetable garden, right outside the house. He seriously, he moved a, a 16th century barn from 20 miles down the road, and he dug. They dug a cellar. They put the winery up, and and. It was a bespoke, tailored kind of business, but you know, he he loved it, and and that that feeling of 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 actually being empowered and empowering the staff is is what he thrived on, you know, and 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 it's it's a lot to do with the management style. I have conversations with oh. people all the time about absolutely, yes. you know, and and it's like, well, okay, so we're going to come along and we're going to expand the business and we're going to hire a load more people and we're going to put in a new management structure and then they're going to manage these people. And, and it's like, well, what do you need all of that extra fat for? You don't, you don't need all of that, you know? And I think the major problem is that people in business don't actually understand each other's jobs. I mean, you've, you, you've just said it basically. And, and I, and I, and I actually think that, it's really quite exciting to have a really good understanding of the overall business. Like, you know, you know a lot about PR, you know a lot about running a business, a lot about media, and a lot about each department, right? I, I, I know quite a bit about each department, and I, you know, but I need to learn, and I'm always learning, and, and that is so exciting, right? To just keep this muscle working is just, you know... That exactly the best. I mean, when people are saying, "What is the best I can do?" and I just say, "Be a sponge," you know, just suck in every information, and you know, let it rumble around in your head, and you will find how it's working together. Yeah. But it starts off with one thing, and that is the curiosity, the eager to want to know. If you don't have that within you. And you just complacent, then that is the energy that you're going to send out to your staff as well. And that's how they are going to become. Yeah. And if you're looking at all these companies that are successful, they always have a very charismatic leader in one way or another. Yeah, yeah, very they much. Do. So. Very much. Yeah. So, you know, and it's so I think it's needed to push to push it through. Um, so uh, to people who can engage other people and make other people grow because people really, they do want to grow uh, if you give them the chance. Yes. If, if they are excited about it, it's that, like you just said, it's about that childish curiosity, isn't it? It's like, yes. it's just like you, you want to find out everything about it. And that's hugely exciting. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. Like I got a friend who, who uh, he's an engineer and he, he learned about cars when he was like, I don't know, 20 when he was, and he used to buy and sell cars. And he made a ton of money from buying and selling cars. And, and then he, he basically just wanted to learn about every model. And then 
learn about every single part of that of that you know uh, engineering and the, and the mechanics and now he now he tinkers around with aeroplanes and spends a lot of his time just messing around bought his third aeroplane you know that at, at the moment he's going to pick it up i think today actually he might try and kidnap wow. me. every so often he kidnaps me he says so he said to me it was, but I've and learned you are that, protesting the whole way to the airplane. Oh, I can see how much you're protesting. <laughs> no, no, don't but take, you don't take me. No, but you've got no idea. Thing is, he's taught me so much about business because what made me laugh is when I when I first met him. This was about probably about nine years ago now. He 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 said, right, you need to learn about computers, man. Like, what are you doing? You need to learn about them. And I was like, I was like, and I. So I spent ages trying to learn. And, and for, the first, for the first, say, I don't know, a few months when I knew him, I'd send him a message every, every so often. I'd say, how do I do this? And he'd say, Google is your friend. And then, <laughs> and so, so, so the, 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 the first day, he would answer the question. Second day, he would say, Google is your friend. Then the third day, oh, Google is your friend. And then after that, he didn't even respond to any questions. <laughs> But but you see, he he's very, very interesting because he's built like a hosting, yeah. a hosting business and yeah. he's been involved in hosting since I think 1996. Yeah. So, you know, over 20 years in hosting. And I love I love the lessons he's taught me in business. Yeah. I mean, literally, he's just it makes me laugh because he took me out. Right. And he said, right, come and stay on my boat. OK. And I'll I'll get you food. All right. So this was this was like a few years back. And I was like, oh, that's very generous of you. That's very nice. And I mean, this boat, this boat costs more than people's houses. Right. So so I've gone. I've, he's picked me up and he's taken me to Tesco, which is like this supermarket in the UK. I know. I and, know Tesco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I'm he's in Australia, but I've been to UK many times. So right. I know Tesco. Right. So then he's bought he's bought two ready meals for two pounds in total. One pound each. I kid you not. Yeah. And you look forward to the lobster and the prawns <laughs> and the fish. So then, no, no, wait. It gets funnier. Then we've we've gone to the boat and we sat down and he's giving me a talk about business and life and you know <laughs> and, and I sat there and, and I ate my food, right? And I sort of look at him and I said, and he looks at me and I say, I said, a bit hungry. He said, don't worry, you can have half of mine. I'm on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's a lesson. It's a lesson in cutting overheads, yeah, and cash flow. And there are so many lessons that you, that you don't even realise from people like, like, like him. I won't mention his name. No, I, I mean, I can share a few with, you know, with the... The founder of IKEA. I mean, he was uh, Ingvar Kamprad, uh, whom I interviewed. Um, he always he was flying economy class, and in the train he was going, you know, second class. He was always in and hotels. He was into motel style of hotels. Yeah. And he was by him showing the way. That's how he wanted his staff to behave and be. Exactly. And, you know, they look at the leader and then, okay, that's how he is doing it. Okay, that's how we have to do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is very interesting. I was just thinking if we should, before 
finishing, if we should give our best ideas about how a business owner can perform and how he can reach the best acumen um, for his business, what do we think? What can well, we share? Some I mean, I, quick I, I personally, I, I think that you need to keep one eye on emerging technology. And if you think about it, the possibility of an idea, you need to understand that the possibility of that idea is, is potentially reality, yeah? Because yeah. You're, I'm guaranteeing it that if you thought that idea, right, someone else who's in a position that could take action on that idea will probably take action on that idea yeah. and make something happen. So if you don't have the cash flow there, and you don't have the investment fund to sit there and say, well, it's okay, I'm IBM. If I see, if I see someone creating something that I, that I think could kill me as a business owner, I'm gonna buy it, yeah? If you, if you can't do that, yeah, then you need to be keeping your eyes peeled and your brain alive, your imagination alive, and you need to read, like, and you need to, you need to speak to the people who know. You need to just take your time to understand the big departments in your business, yeah? The marketing yeah. Is, 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 is crucial. But don't be, don't be pushed into, into thinking that, you know, you need to be doing everything. It's not about doing everything. It's about, for me, it's about doing one thing right. And yeah. then, you can, then you can delegate that to someone and say, okay, that's fine. Let's, let's keep that working. And then you can move on to, to other channels. You know, and don't be afraid to say, to, to, to give your opinion on things, yeah? You know, that, that a lot of people just sit back and they're like, oh, I, I'm, I'm scared to give my opinion, yeah? Because, because it's, you know, it could get me, get me uh, into a conversation that I can't, but it's like, but, you know, if your opinion comes from your heart, you say it in the right way, yeah, then get it out there. But my advice is do not talk about religion, yeah? Or politics. politics. Yeah, Those two are yeah. completely devout. You, you've got to just stay away from them in the public eye because you could you can actually switch off over eighty percent of your of your uh, market may turn around and say, well, we don't like that. We don't like him. And and also, don't be afraid to be yourself. Like, look at Elon Musk the other week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tell you what he did. I, I this is what so. Just everyone who doesn't know, Nike did this thing and they hired someone to, to, I forget the chap's name, but they hired this chap and there was a backlash and Nike had really bad publicity. And, and, and what happened was actually Nike had like millions and millions of, power, of dollars worth of free publicity, right? And then what happened was, I think Elon Musk sat down there and he thought, right, how am I going to give Tesla the eyeballs because it's about the eyeballs who's seen that who's seen that guy who's heard of it so he went to someone's podcast show and he sat there and he smoked a joint and he and he drunk some whiskey right he didn't even inhale the spliff yeah you you telling me you telling me that he went and he did that because he's a stoner no he's not a stoner that guy falls asleep at his desk 15 hours a day he's been working right so you know <laughs> Don't be afraid to stand up and, and, and just use your creativity. If you come up with a PR idea and you think it's okay and you, don't, and you check with your PR department if you have one, 
you check with a couple of your partners and you and you speak mm. and, you, and you say right i'm going to go with this let's run with it just do it because if you don't that creative power that is going to create that idea and help you to get it out there because if the timing is right if you have that inspiration you need to use that mm. inspiration and that goes for new product development new partnerships new territories new markets just get out there yeah. just get on with it and don't delay right no, I, I think that I think you sums it up very well. So let me just add a couple of things that that we haven't sort of touched upon. But you know, when the business owner is looking at the whole picture, or when he's bringing in his staff to see the whole picture, I'm thinking, you know, that they should know about the asset. They should know about cash and cash flow. They should know about growth how is this business growing what makes this business grow yeah. and also about the people the people are so essential uh, you know your your competitors your clients your staff all of them play a major role and your profit okay so you can cut the cost or you can increase your price what can you do because if the staff can know that whole big picture and then add on the market and new technology that you just mentioned. You know, if if you educate your staff within that, that's when you can go miles. Yeah. And I think that is really important to bring in that awareness yeah. today. Yeah, I agree. It reminds me of the time when, so what happened was, I'll set the scene, a very quick story, right? It has a purpose. So. When I was when I was working in a in a in a wine merchant, this was got to be it's got to be fifteen years ago. I was being bullied by by the manager. He was he was just harassing me basically, and oh. and yeah yeah. So 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 I complained to the manager uh, to the owner of the business. It was like a chain of shops. I complained. There were like fifteen or thirteen shops when it was in its prime. And then the owner sold them all off. And then he, he, he had like five or six when I started. And he, um, the manager was bullying me. So I turned around, I said to the owner, look, he said, don't worry, you know, you'll come and work at head office soon and it'll be okay. You need to just get over it. And I was just like, well, this guy's harassing me. Yeah, I can't take anymore. So at the same time, I bought a motorcycle and, and, I, and I, love, I love this bike. It was beautiful. And... The only problem was one of the one of the seals was leaking on the fork and the owner of the, the motorbike shop where I bought it said, yeah, yeah, we'll fix it. And he never fixed it. So I, I never forget it. It was a Friday the 13th. And I and I and I was like and I was like, right, I'm not doing any of this. I'm going to change things right now. And I'm not messing about. So I, I jumped on the motorcycle. This was so I had to be at work at 10 o'clock. To, to be at the off license at the warehouse. And I, 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 I literally just jumped on the motorcycle and I, I rode to the motorcycle shop 20 minutes down the road. And I, I, I walked in and I said, right, I said, you haven't fixed this. I'm gonna take that bike over there. You're gonna do a, sw a straight swap and I'm gonna exchange it. And I'm gonna be leaving in half an hour. And you need to take the center stand off of this bike because I don't want one. And can I use your phone? So I picked the phone up. I called, called the head office and I said, um, hi there, it's uh, Nat here. I won't be in ever again. Goodbye. And I hung up, right? And 
when I started, so then I called my dad's winery and I said, I said, uh, can I speak to, so I spoke to the manager and, and I said, have you got any jobs? And he said, well, I can find you something. So I was like, okay, great. I'll start tomorrow. So I started there and this job, it killed me. It absolutely killed me. I was making boxes, right? And I would, so at this point at the winery, we would, we would get a box. And so the box, you would, you would get a box like that. So you, they come flat, okay? They come flat like, a, like, a, like in a stack of 10 or something. You cut the, cut the, uh, the tie off and you, and you take the box out and then you go like this. So it gives the shape to the box, yeah? And then you turn it over, you stick it with the, with the tape, right? You turn it back over. You, you, you do that with the inner, which is the inner squares, which stops the bottles from banging together. And you, you do that and then you put that in and then you've got your box and then you put it in a stack and you, and you stack them up. So I did this for like, it's got to be about, it's got to be about four months. And at the time I was training Kung Fu with my, with my friend because he lived down the road and we, and we, and we occasionally we just like punch a hole in a box, you know, and, and it was just like, and the dispatch manager would look at, look at these boxes and go, you know, like this. But I turned around to the manager of the winery, the general manager, and I said, I said, surely, because I was studying wine at the, at the time, I I'd actually finished, I think, yeah, just about finished my course nearly. And, and, uh, and, and, and he actually spoke to me and I said, you must be able to get a box which already has an innard in, which you just, you go like this, tape, turn it over, stack it, right? And he went, he went, and he went, that's a good idea. And he went off and he did it. And do you know what the most annoying thing was, is that, he pretended that it was his idea. Yeah. Uh. So there are two morals from, from that story. The first one is if you have a good idea and you think it's going to save the company money or, or, or bring in more business, go and tell someone. And the second thing is if you are that person, yeah, you need to give credit to the person that's come up with the idea. Yeah. I think that is a good ending to today so do i <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> thank, oh, that's, you that... no, thank you very much thank see you. you next week yeah see you soon cheers thanks so much for listening please subscribe and wherever you prefer share with your friends and if you enjoyed the show drop us a review on itunes or wherever you listen This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.